0: Welcome to another episode of The Greatest Pod, where we discuss and debate what makes something great. I'm Ron Swallow.
1: I'm Ed Greer. And today, we are going to talk about the illustrious world of pro wrestling. No, don't, don't, don't hang up. Don't hang up. You're dorks. You watch people in spandex slam each other all the time. So don't act like you're too good for this. We are going to examine its cultural impact and all types of shit. And I want to introduce our special guest, who uh, who's going to talk about this with us. He does a Funky Fresh podcast called The Goods from the Woods that has a Patreon that we directly contributed to existing. We, we told him about Patreon. He jumped on it. Uh, he's a great podcaster, a real pro, a real comedian, and uh, a lovely guy who knows all about the pro wrestling. So give it up for my man and yours, Rivers Langley.
2: Hey, hello. Uh
3: so th- this is actually uh very uh very fortuitous that we're covering this subject on this occasion because uh Tuesday uh the podcast that we got coming out Tuesday is going to be episode 316 motherfuckers <laughs> uh, and honestly I don't have a pro wrestling thing yet that I'm going to talk about so I'm going to acknowledge it up top and then I'm going to send everybody over here. I'm going to be like, I did talk about wrestling, but it's on The Greatest Pod. So you, all you uh, Stone Cold heads that are expecting something crazy for episode 316, baby, we got your 316 right here at The Greatest Pod. Dude, Hell that's fucking yeah.
2: great.
1: Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So one thing uh, I want to ask, uh, uh, dude, I'd like to know what. When you first got exposed to the radiation that is pro wrestling. (laughs) Because it gets in (laughs) you.
3: I mean, I can tell you exactly. Uh, It was the day after Spring Stampede 1998. Uh, I watched my first full episode of WCW uh, Monday Nitro. And uh, that used to air on TNT, uh, Turner Network Television. And it was just in the air at the time. Mm. Anybody who was alive in the late 90s can tell you there were two things. I mean, there's probably more. I'm excluding music. I'm going to say there were two things on television that you could not escape in the year 1998 1999, and that was South Park and Wrestling. Because those two things, and I <laughs> guess and, and you know what, I'm going to throw Jerry in there too. Jerry Springer. Be- because <laughs> those were the three things that were culturally big no-nos for parents to their children oh, yeah. at the time you know what i mean like i i'm mm-hmm. 35 years old so i was turning 12 and 13 in those two years and my mother really did not you know put the you know put her thumb down much as far as like things that she didn't want me to watch or consume it's not like i was listening to like you know some crazy I, I had adam sandler's cd you know where he said piece of, sh- piece of shit car and i was like,
2: ooh, ooh. like, like
3: you know I, I maintain that and this is true for wrestling this is true for saturday night live whoever your favorites were right when you became a teenager you're stuck with you know you can have favorites later you can go back and appreciate older generations of whatever that thing is but Whenever you turn, something happens, when all those fucking hormones kick in, mm. then it just crystallizes your brain. And I don't care, you know, even if you're, like, someone who is ultra hip and up to speed with everything. Whatever weird shit you were taking in at that age, it's going to be just, you know, a, a golden, beautiful memory for you for the rest of your life, I think. And yeah. that, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I could, I could be wrong, but I, that's well, that's I- sort of what I... That's what I've observed, especially, like, amongst comedians, right? Because you talk to comics about something like Saturday Night Live, and depending on their age, they're going to have a different cast that they tell you was important to you. You know, older, a little bit older folks are going to, they're going to be like, oh, man, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was the best. And if you're, you know, my age and you were watching reruns of early 90s stuff and then, like, kind of coming of age around that, like, Will Ferrell, Cherry O'Terry era, that's going to have a special... Prominence for you. So it's true for comedy and it's it's true for wrestling and to the point where I can it like I Back to my original point. The shit was just in the air Everybody at school talked about it I have very vivid memories of the big thing was people kids would get those whiteout pens uh, That had the little squeeze thing with mm-hmm. the whiteout in them and then they would draw like DX or NWO Or <laughs> shit like that on the and it didn't help it at the time you know, uh, rap music to some degree was also that forbidden fruit of like, Oh, most parents aren't cool with you listening to a guy saying fuck a million times. So, and that was tied into it because WCW had a character named Conan who would go out there and use Master P's catchphrase. He'd go, we bowdy, bowdy and rowdy, rowdy. And so people would write <laughs> that shit on their backpack and white out. <laughs> and so even if you were just like trying to keep, you know, keep your eyes on the straight and narrow, that shit. People were wearing Cartman shirts. Like you just, it was the, it was the zeitgeist. You couldn't avoid it. So I just, like everybody else at JF Drake Middle School, I was like, well, yeah, obviously I watched this, having never watched it. And so whatever broke on that particular day, I was. It was April of 1998, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm watching this. And from that moment, because the whole thing with Spring Stampede 1998 sting lost the championship to macho man i because i was a fat child was very aware of who macho man was despite not being a wrestling person because he was the slim jims guy uh and i love love slim jims then i love them now and so i was aware of who macho was so i had that anchor and macho won the belt from sting the night before and then the next night on nitro fucking hulk hogan turned on macho man and beat him for the championship he didn't even have a chance to have that thing for 24 hours he had it for like 22.5 hours and <laughs> then he lost it to Hogan and Hogan cheated and he, he took his belt off and was like whipping him with the fucking NWO for life belt and I was like yo fuck Hulk Hogan because I knew who he was too obviously but mm-hmm. that was what I really locked into and th- you know that that's the last you know by most people's estimation that's that year of 1998 from January to December was the high watermark of WCW in terms of like, right when you could sort of see everything sort of falling apart, literally their last pay-per-view ended with the dumbest finish ever, where they had Bill Goldberg, who was like 157-0, and 0 and people were like, who's going to beat Goldberg? He was the champion, and they had him lose because a guy came out of the crowd with a, a, a another wrestler came out with a stun gun, and started prodding him, and then he lost. You're like, dude, Goldberg can't go out like that, man. That fucking sucks. Uh, that, that that is app... <laughs> fucked
0: up, honestly. Well, and gets... you, know, you know that they sat in, they sat and wrote that. Well, they one really one... hard. Like, how do we have him? How? What's a great way for this guy to go out and <laughs> look like a badass, but still lose? Yeah. And that well, is for us to stun gun him. Yeah,
3: well, and, you know, obviously I I defer to you, gentlemen, in all things comic books, and I'm positive, without knowing shit about it, I'm positive there's probably multiple people like this who got the reins of your favorite character and then proceeded to drive it straight into a mountain. Uh, (laughs) And that man in professional wrestling, at least at that time, was named Vince Russo who was a guy who worked for WWF. Uh, He's largely credited with, uh, you know, coming up with a lot of the kind of iconic moments of WWF's time during the quote unquote attitude era from, you know, circa 1997 to about 2001 is roughly the, the boundaries of that, those dates. And he's a guy who they, you know, he worked for WWF magazine and then they started bringing him on TV as Vic Venom, Uh, because, you know, they can't have two people named Vince, that would confuse everybody, Uh, (laughs) even though he's way younger, Uh, but uh, so yeah, they had him coming on TV as Vic Venom, and then they hired him to be the head writer, and he, you know, granted came up with a lot of iconic, you know, storylines, when most people think of what was going on at that time period, you know, he was was definitely at the table, if not directly writing all that stuff, and then he got poached by WCW, (laughs) and It's almost as if, like, I I wish I was more conspiracy-minded, because it's almost as if he was hired by WCW on behalf of Vince McMahon to destroy it. (laughs) Because from the moment he got off the plane in Atlanta, everything that happened after that is... People should watch. The last... And I'm I I would love for you guys to tell me if there's an example of this in in comics or or whatever. But like the last year and a half of WCW is so mind bendingly terrible that it kind of has to be watched, like in in the way that the room by Tommy Wiseau must be watched to be believed because it's so bad. And this dude was responsible for all of it to the point where he was like making himself a character on TV. Like he would come out as the head writer on tv like this thing we're all supposed to pretend is a legit sport it's like i'm the head writer <laughs>
1: <So> <laughs> well that's what's the fuck well it's, it's a it's kind of uh in comics you know like stan lee made himself a character in wrestling vince mcmahon makes himself a character and this guy wanted to be a guest sort of yes. a vincey vince mcmahon of 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 wcw one of right. the things in comics that you see that's like uh we did uh cover me ron and producer bill did cover mm-hmm. uh the uh, Spider-Clone saga in comics. And it was just, <laughs> you couldn't stop looking at it because it was like, dude, Spider-Man's not the real Spider-Man. There was a clone. He, The one we've been following for the last 30 years was a clone. Everything after issue 121 isn't real. And just this, this, this counting of shit. And like Goldberg, th- things in wrestling, <laughs> the same thing happens in wrestling happens in comics because comic book characters are so unbeatable. The way that they've written Batman for twenty years, he could just beat anybody. The way they've written Superman, right. he can't. They can't be beat. So they figure out all these stupid ass ways for them to lose. All of that is so intrinsic in in this comics culture, and that's why I wanted to have you on because yeah, it's the same. Like me and Ron have been looking at each other while you were talking. It's just like this is the same shit that happens in yes. comics. It's the exact same.
3: I yeah. I the so I I've never seen actually I take that back. I've seen one episode of Game of Thrones uh And it was the final episode because <laughs> I, I was at a friend's house. We were watching wrestling, actually, and afterwards we were wa- they wanted to watch the Game of Thrones finale, and so I watched it and watched everybody be you know disappointed by it. And so I was like, okay, well I don't need to see this. But uh, <laughs> there was a moment that I, there was a big furor on Twitter, and I'm uh, I'm sure you guys can tell me exactly who this character is, but basically there was some character who had been widely perceived across all of the seasons of the show to be a good guy, and then she has a heel turn involving a dragon.
0: Does this sound familiar?
3: I think her... Yeah. Is it da- Daenerys or I, Daenerys? Daenerys
0: goes crazy, basically. Yes. But, yes. but there's also, she has a history. This is the thing. You want to make <laughs> arguments about stuff like this, and the thing is, and, and look, Game of Thrones fans who have not read the books, you'll hate hearing this. But the history of her family is that they go fucking nuts and then yeah. they do crazy shit and that's right. exactly what she did. And people hated yeah. it because she also freed slaves and did some really great shit in yeah. in the thing. But like when you become a tyrant, sometimes you become a tyrant. Right. So yeah, that's exactly. the lesson in that is like don't <laughs> be a crazy tyrant when you start getting power. I mean, it, I don't know. Yeah. But my,
3: but my, yeah, my, my point with that, the funniest shit. is there's like people who name their children after this person. It's like my children yes. were named for I'm like, well, that was that was your fault. You want to you might want to wait till the TV series is over to name your kid Heisenberg or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or Dexter. Or <the> <laughs> <term. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I named my kid Dr. Doom and this is what he does. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, man. But I was watching it. and I, and I tweeted this at the time. I was like. I was like, "Hey, Game of Thrones, Thrones fans, you're uh, upset that the writers made your favorite good guy into a bad guy? Guess what? You're now a wrestling fan because that's <laughs> that's yep. what it is. Everybody's turning all the time. You know, you just and it, the interesting thing becomes, "Okay, I love this person. What is he going to be like when he's evil?"
1: <laughs> that's yeah. my favorite thing mm. about wrestling.
3: It's like everybody's eventually going to become evil or the most dastardly bastard in the whole company is eventually going to be a good guy if they do yeah. it right. If it's done yeah. correctly, that dude that you love, you know, throwing tomatoes at and the old ladies with their long granny ash cigarettes are screaming at, and the, you know, they hate Dusty Rhodes when he's with Dick Murdoch. They hate him. The, the, the Those bastards, they cheat, and then cut to, like, you know, two years later, Dusty's down in Florida, and he's the American dream, baby. You know? And, and he, mm-hmm. you know, ne- never looked back as a, uh, actually i think vince russo did try to make dusty a bad guy towards the end of the 90s and people aren't gonna they're not gonna boo dusty Rhodes. look at him he's he's awesome um,
2: <laughs> but
3: uh he's yeah,
1: a cuddly yeah. little bud he's a cuddly little bud dude and he, he did for somebody with such a pronounced speech impediment he was the best on the <laughs> mic that i've ever seen in my whole life how do you how, how are you the best mic person you right when you right. talk like this right. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah crazy
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I just watched something where they were talking to uh, Seth Rollins, who is uh, one of their big stars today, and he was saying when he because in the Indies he is known as Tyler Black, and so when he came into uh, WWE, they one of the one of the numerous myriad annoying things about them is that they want to own your name, so they make people change their name a lot yes,
0: of times. They're notorious for that.
3: Yeah. So when he came into WWE, they're like, you got to come up with a new name, and so he came up with Seth Rollins, which was. Obviously a nod to Henry Rollins, because he's like a big hardcore music fan. And uh and apparently Dusty Rhodes just loves saying it because both of those
2: syllables
3: uh-huh. are hard for him to say, so he would go, Hey Feth Rollins, I can see it in the Lats, baby <laughs> <laughs> And he said that he's like every time I saw Dusty would go, Feth Rollins, put it in the Lats, baby. So <laughs> I'll
2: but, do it. yeah.
1: But uh, one thing, uh, and Ron will attest to this, in, in comics, what they'll do is they'll find a way for the characters to fight that makes them both heroic on both sides. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Where, where like, T- Tony Stark was sort of the enemy of of Civil War, but you could kind of see where he was coming from. In wrestling, they're just like, you know what? I'm Hulk Hogan, and I'm a black nationalist, and now I'm gonna start body slamming everybody because that's just what I'm gonna do today. You know, it's like in wrestling they, hey. they hardly ever <laughs> drop the seeds to make the change. They, they made Owen
3: Hart the black nationalist, okay? <laughs>
1: yeah, uh. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's like, like when 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 they when 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 um, Hulk Hogan, when I was a kid and I saw Hulk Hogan go bad, yeah, that was. I'm I'm a little bit older than you, so that like hit. Like a ton of bricks because when I was was a baby kid, he was the goodest guy ever, and blah blah. blah. And so, when he went bad,
0: G.I. Joe,
1: yeah, (laughs) when he, when he, he, yeah, well, that's Sergeant Slaughter. I
0: was gonna say he fought a G.I. Joe when the G.I. Joe betrayed America, he was was the greatest American hero, like basically. He (laughs) the Hulk Hogan, and it's also crazy because of his personal life. Um, yes. oh boy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We we actually
3: just
2: <laughs> we we just oh, did man. on
3: our on our uh, Patreon. Uh, we talked about WrestleMania nine, where Hulk Hogan shows up. This is after the steroid trial uh, has already, you know, is either happening or winding down. And Hulk Hogan is Vince is like, no more steroids, stop, stop, stop. So Hogan shows up looking like a deflated balloon, and mm-hmm. also. <laughs> He has a gigantic black eye to the point where his eye is nearly swollen shut. And, you know, the the story that, that the real story is, in all likelihood, him and Macho Man got drunk and Macho Man punched him in the face. Uh But the story that he maintains to this day is that he got hit in the face with a jet ski going 40 miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> and it said that it shattered his orbital socket, and he had to get 150 subcutaneous stitches. So that's why you didn't see the stitches. They were under the skin.
1: Oh, and, God.
3: And the pay-per-view was on Sunday, and he claims that he was hit in the face with a jet ski the, the Wednesday before. Just just a few days <laughs>
0: before. Like, no, so, dude, you are lying. That's up. the thing.
3: Hulk Hogan... Every time he talks about body slamming Andre the Giant, Andre the Giant grows by 100 pounds. He's like, he was a 900 pound giant, brother, and you're like, no, no, he was not. He was large. He was not 900 pounds. Uh,
1: and also, but, he he hopped a little bit to help you get it. I saw that. I've seen those slams. Oh, I mean, yeah. that slam. Andre's Andre's like, okay, are you ready to slam me? Okay, All right, hold right. on. <laughs>
3: Well, and he's, you know, he's always like, I was the first guy to slam Andre. It's like, uh, yeah, talk to Harley Race and Stan Hansen. They both did it, uh, way before you. Uh, but that, uh, yeah, but that, but that thing of, oh, yeah, all I was going to say with that is like, I now, cause I was talking to Dr. Pat, our uh, co host Emeritus on the goods about this. And, you know, I don't know if this has been, what what's going on with this project but they at one point were making a hulk hogan movie starring thor chris Hemsworth was gonna be Mm. the star
2: i think they're still making
3: it okay i i think that that movie has to be big fish by tim burton like you have to show because hulk hogan is one of the most outstanding liars of all time because it's just Completely unbelievable the things that he says, all, almost all of it. So I was like, "That's the way so to like, play that movie is you have to show this fantastical world that he has constructed in his
0: own brain." He should just hang out with Frank Dukes and they can just yes tell tell each other outlandish lies about people they beat up.
1: Oh, he he, cool. he hangs out with Frank Dukes at Steven and Seagal's yes, house.
0: Yes, I was gonna say
3: <laughs> Hogan Dukes and Seagal. This look. No, no, no offense to the title of your show. That's the greatest podcast. Uh, I would listen <laughs> to all three of those guys fucking lie to each other for an hour every week. It would be outstanding. What's not to love? They're oh, all they're and, all out of their minds.
1: And, and- like, hey, brother, when they caught me for that racism, brother, I ain't got a racist bone in my body. I was doing the Mark Furman biopic. I was doing my sides, and they happened <laughs> to record me saying the n word, brother. And then Steven Seagal's <laughs> like. um oh, I got my Aikido stopped the plane one time. A plane was trying to take off all the drugs, and I aikido the plane and broke its arm, its wing. And, and then fucking Frank Dukes is like, I entered a fucking uh, combat tournament with Tong Po, and the Mortal Kombat's real. I'm the one who drove the demons away. I'm the one who saved our dimension.
3: I'd be a reptile. <laughs> yeah. I'd and, be Goro. And Baraka, all of them fools.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah uh but yeah the liars club that's what it'd be uh, called the liars club yes they just get together and just be like tall tales and like paul bunyan shit speaking of which perfect speaking of which um in wrestling i do want to get to people who who have looked at wrestling culture and found it wanting you know i i i i I find myself shitting on mountain dew and dorito culture myself even though i'm firmly in both camps yes uh you know i'm saying so it's like one of those things where it is the when you see the similarities to it and modern films, which are just comic books. Yeah. It really, I mean, there's so many times I'll be watching a Marvel movie, and I will literally see Spider-Man DDT somebody. Uh-huh. I will, you'll, know, you'll literally see people choke slamming people. You'll see all these wrestling moves because it's part of the culture and the lexicon. Of comics and pop culture in general you know oh, what I mean? yeah
3: well and it goes the other way too i mean their biggest uh you know star right now roman reigns his big finishing move one of them is the superman punch where he literally does the thing from the movie where he hits the ground and then jumps in the air and like hits somebody <laughs> like they're uh like they're just like that's literally their biggest star does a comic book thing like mm. this you know these these two worlds need not be separate i mean i i get And, you know, I go back to the original question, right? My mom, her opposition to it, aside from the fact that in the 90s, it was very, you know, now it's, I would say it is more comic bookish. In the 90s, Vince Russo, his big thing was his two favorite things. He did not like wrestling. He didn't grow up watching it. He thought it was like this like dumbass redneck thing because he's this guy from new york he doesn't understand it so he's around all these old southern guys that grew up booking this stuff people like jim cornett who just mm-hmm. hate vince russo jim cornett i've stolen this line from him before because it's hilarious he goes vince russo i hate your gut so fucking much i've started dieting and exercising so i can outlive you by one day so i can take a whiz on your fucking grave pal uh <laughs> and just like that kind of shit talk is just the greatest thing to me but like my my mom like she you know she's she's a she's a southern woman but she grew up the child of like two college educators and she's an educator herself so she's very you know very dignified lady (laughs) wrestling to her is fucking horrifying like to this day like i work as a commentator in the business and she like anytime i talk about it you know she's just like well i'm never getting in the women's club you know
2: because
3: like it's it's embarrassing to her personally uh so again that's that forbidden fruit thing of like oh man mom hates this shit Uh, is this your
1: son is this your son doing the color commentary for this choke slam of in the basement somewhere it's like oh dude
0: you'd think parents would learn at some point that if you want your kids to not do something just talk about how amazingly cool it is
3: dude if my mom (laughs) if my mom had rolled up in the minivan in an austin 316 shirt (laughs) i would have dropped that shit faster than a hot pan i I would have been like i'm into pokemon i guess
0: i guess it's pokemon is that what's happening now let's do pokemon uh she's just wearing pokemon and talking about how she How she hates Jesus so much to try to get you to love Jesus. Yeah, there we go.
1: (laughs) Dude, I'm a born-again Christian wrestler. Yeah, Yeah.
3: well, I I mean, this this is the thing, like, it's similar to comics in that you've got a deadline. You've always Mm. got a deadline. You know, it's like, you don't have time to really think about this, because you've got to fill six hours of TV this week, so you just got to figure it out. You don't really you know you you can have some grand plan for your arc of whatever comic you're doing but at the end of the day Marvel needs that comic to come out on May 20th right like yeah. it's it's got to hit the That's stands on next day so you got to be able to hit the mark and like you said the longevity of those characters it's it's exactly right you have to you have to kind of freshen them up and you know i mean i'll, I'll say this i mean it, this is the thing that you know we haven't really said yet but those you know those two you know, art forms have in common uniquely American.
2: You know, there's, mm. they
3: they always talk about the what is it? The four American art forms are jazz, musical theater, the mystery novel, and comic books. You can add wrestling to that too. Like that, those mm. are the, and and a lot of that does have to do with the unquenchable thirst of you know capitalism of putting that shit
0: out all the time. You know, so have- you've. It has soap operas uh, a a feel to it as well. Oh soap yeah, oh, operas for sure. With badass stunts, really. When it comes down to it, <laughs> for sure. Because, you know, uh, we've I've talked about this before. I had a friend who wrote for soap operas, and they said that what they were supposed to do is when somebody writes something, they bring in the new team, and the new team is supposed to undo everything that was done before. That's literally their job. You have so to that's, do, that's
3: why you get like evil twins and yes, yeah, make shit it as like weird that. as
0: possible and undo what was just done. And so, so oh, I think no. a lot of wrestling is that way as well. Oh like no, been, you're right. And comic books are like that too. Like a lot of times, like with Spider Clone, for instance, they they it kept like they kept making it, and I don't remember exactly how long, but we're talking at years of a saga that people were like, this is terrible what are you doing <laughs> everyone was so angry when it was happening but at the same time they were buying it yeah every week oh yeah yeah so well, it's like so it, it was just like one of those things and then they were like hey can you get out of this can you get it back to peter parker actually being spider-man how do you do that and then they're like oh it turns out the that that this guy made a clone uh to think that he was the real Spider-Man, but that Spider-Man has been the real Spider-Man the whole time. So it really was Peter Parker, and everything is fine. <laughs> they don't—they don't even get that complicated with wrestling. It'll just be like the
3: next week. You're like, wait, why is he good now? Like there is, they're just—they don't even bother explaining at this point, or at least WWE doesn't. I, I would say uh, AEW is a little bit better at that. That's their kind of new, uh, their new competition. Where uh, interesting turn. Nowadays, Vince McMahon's primary competition, which used to be Ted Turner, who was still chairman of the board at Turner, obviously, uh who built his empire, frankly, on wrestling. Ted Turner when when TBS, what we now, you know, call Turner Broadcasting System, when that started as Superstation out of Atlanta, when all that started, it was literally built on the back of Georgia Championship Wrestling and later World Championship Wrestling, as well as reruns of Sanford and Son, the Atlanta Braves and the Atlanta Flames, now the Calgary Flames, the hockey team. That's what all that channel showed. And and James Brown's Future Shock, which is where we got the name Goods from the Woods. There's a little clip of James Brown doing a big old spin and going, "Coming out the woods to deliver the goods." uh and that's where <laughs> that's where we got the name of the show. We stole it from James Brown, but that was it, man. TBS was that was all they showed. And so Ted Turner always had a fierce, you know, kind of love and devotion to the art form. The same cannot be said of the rest of the board. And so in the late '90s, as soon as you know they merged with AOL uh you know Ted Turner lost <laughs> his controlling shares about that. They, they merged
0: with a company that literally doesn't exist anymore Yeah yeah oh. that a-
3: AOL Tom Warner merge that was the death knell for WCW because they perceived wrestling as like low class they're like we don't we don't, it, you know, which is so dumb. It's just like, yo, rednecks' money spends just as good as anyone else's <laughs> money. What's wrong with you? Dude, uh, I think
1: that's the fucking quote of the day. But uh, but also, well, the it's, thing
3: about- it, it, it's like Michael yeah. Jordan. You know, Republicans buy shoes too. <laughs> it's like just take the money. You
1: know, but no. But what I was gonna say is um, the thing about about wrestling though, as far as. Um, the top guys in these fields and in, in comic books there's the top the top heroes, the ones who kind of carry everybody else, yeah, and then there's like these in between jobbers, like like a taskmaster or whoever the fuck, who are just like, man, some people really like this guy like i mine was uh, I was it the the fucking the the Bronx bully?" Was it? Was there? There's a bunch oh, of people uh, like that. Oh, you're uh, talking about the Brooklyn Brawler. The Brooklyn Brawler. That's what yeah, yeah. Never like won a match. Not you once. Never won a match. Not, not once. once. Nope. But people are out there in their dirty gray T-shirt and their stupid pork pie hat or whatever he was wearing that that sort of little that little that kind of the goon uh, yes. hat. You know what yeah, I mean? It's know. just like, ah, oh, fuck, Iron Sheik.
0: That's oh, dude. I what yeah, Iron deep. Sheik was. Iron Sheik oh, was a Jesus.
3: I, uh, I, Iron Sheik, legitimate badass. Uh, you know, re- wrestled uh, uh, yeah. on uh, the, in the Olympics, like for real. Yeah, yeah. legit badass, and uh, you know, hilarious on Twitter. Even though I don't, oh. think it's, I don't think it's actually him. But yeah, is,
1: but his persona is Twitterable
3: so funny that he just abuses Hulk Hogan on Twitter every day of his life. And <laughs> now I gotta watch that. I haven't known about that. That's great. Oh, dude. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, he, uh, when Hogan, cause Hogan recently, uh, outed himself as being a anti-vax guy, and Iron Sheik just, too? Is. As well? Come oh, on, man! Oh, yeah, as
1: well?
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, dude. Uh, and it's in the- <laughs> Surprising. <laughs> oh. Well, and in the most embarrassing way, too, where somebody- it was the thing about uh, the death of Bob Saget. It was like a news article on Facebook that someone posted. And then somebody left some, you know, conspiracy theory comment being like, oh, is it just a coincidence that Bob Saget uh, died after getting the vaccine? It's like, dude, the vaccine was one year ago. The man is, ha- it's it was not that, uh, you know. But uh, he commented on a comment with his like official like blue check verified Facebook profile oh, where it oh, said Hulk Hogan, and he goes, yeah, something to the effect of, uh he's like, Yeah, Betty White and Sydney Poitier died too, but they're not telling you why. And I'm like, They were fucking 90 in their 90s. <laughs> what do you mean they're not telling you why? They were in their goddamn 90s. It's a miracle they made it this far. Yes. Human <laughs> beings, on average, do not live that long. That's fucking crazy. What are you talking about? And then, all, and then, of course, he deleted it. Now everybody's just kind of like, all right, we don't talk about Hogan right now. But Iron Sheet tweeted out, Hulk Hogan is the jabroni of the world right now. <laughs> and I was like, buddy, you are the funniest person who's ever lived. Uh, well, d- that's but awesome. yeah,
1: but, but we should also talk about that, though, because like, uh, not necessarily about Hulk Hogan more, but like just about that. The wrestlers that get in your head, I'd say five and 13 are equal. Because there uh-huh. are some assholes who have tried to light us on fire for us shitting on He-Man uh-huh. because they saw He-Man when they were five. So you see that when you're five, you see oh, that when do. you're 13, yeah, they're both equally powerful because you're coming into your own as a, you're about to go into a new big boy school. Oh. you know in each of those sections you're about to go into big boy school your next transition you're but, about to be who you're gonna be you know
3: buddy show me a picture of any dinosaur and i can just like rote memory tell you what it is because <laughs> i was five and i was already into dinosaurs and then jurassic park came out and it was like god answered a prayer i didn't know i was praying i was like what like <laughs>
0: the stars Absolutely. lined up but yeah no you're a hundred percent right with that it's so funny, Rivers. Like, I don't think of me as much older than you until you just said I was five when Jurassic Park came out because I I paid for that ticket on my own. <laughs> oh really? Yeah.
3: I was I guess I wasn't five. I was like seven. Yeah, I was seven. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so
0: much okay. better. That's great. Yeah.
1: It <laughs> <laughs> made me feel better. AARP. In first grade.
0: Yeah. When you were in first grade, I was fucking. After I watched Jurassic Ooh, Park. Cool. So you know, living oh, the wow. dream. <laughs> <laughs> The night vision goggles on. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Where's the where's and the I was, goat? I was, I, was trying, oh, I was dressed like Jeff Goldblum. It was it was beautiful. Uh, yeah. when,
1: oh, you, yeah. when she agreed to fuck you, did you say, "Clever girl"? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I have a question. Why do you think? What did you connect with when you were watching wrestling? I, I like we love to know like what it is about wrestling that was just like this works for me. Uh, I mean,
3: it's a, it's a combination of things. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say what Ray Charles said about country music. It's the stories, man. You're just like you got mm-hmm. me. It's very easy to understand. The thing I've always kind of said about wrestling is it's it's unique. Like like we said, uniquely American. It comes out of the carnival, and it is it comes out of the same tradition as vaudeville, same tradition as stand up comedy. Actually, it is a very um, you know theoretically uh, cheap to put on production that is made for the masses meaning that in this go watch any wrestling video on YouTube go down into the comments every country you can imagine is it'll you just go down and it's like you know I live in India and I love Roman Reigns I live in Poland and I love Daniel Bryan like everywhere it's because it is it's a simple to understand thing and it's very you know I I studied uh in college for you know as part of uh part of my you know my English literature degree that I'm using every day uh one (laughs) of the things that we one of the things we talked about a lot uh, you know when you're reading about like Greek theater and it's crazy to read something like Aeschylus or Sophocles now and realize that like when this was being put on those drama and comedy masks that you see like greek actors were literally wearing gigantic frowny faces and gigantic happy faces so that people <laughs> in the crowd knew immediately when you know when the evil uh you know king walks out or the guy screws over agamemnon or whatever they're just like fuck that guy mm-hmm. boo uh-huh. same thing with wrestling it's very easy to understand you know the just upfront it's colorful bright lights fast movement violence which is always cool when you're a kid and uh in the 90s a lot of sexuality frankly which is you know when you're again those hormones are hitting and sable is on the screen get the
1: oh yeah what are you talking about bro as a dude who had a buddy who i know for a fact used to jack it to trish stratus like, dude dude amongst us and and wrestling but i'm just saying i think wrestling touched my life weird because wrestling touched my life so much that people think that i'm a wrestling fan because i've been exposed to it but it's just like if you grew up in a trailer park you know what marlboro reds look like and parliament lights and shit you just know you'd be a cigarette aficionado just from where you live you know what i'm saying so i am a a, what a win Ooh, winston you know Ooh, those
0: ones yeah, you yeah. know what
1: I'm saying? So, like, I'm like that with wrestling and not like I think wrestling is carcinogenic and poison. That is not the case. No, but no. it is that thing that it gets into you because, like, when I was a kid, the first kid style, I was right on the tail end of watching Hulk Hogan be whatever. Cause, like, WWE got so big when I was like a baby kid that it was like, uh, it was like what you're saying as far as ubiquitousness. Me and Ron could attest. It was literally every, it when you, if you were a little kid when we were a little kid, there was no way you didn't know. Who Randy Macho Man Savage, uh, yeah. uh, Hulk Hogan, and even for a time, uh, Mr. T. Because you remember, after Mr. T fought at Rocky Three, he got down with Stallone's camp and shit, started doing some different shit with him. But the wrestling really took a shine to him, and he started wrestling with Hulk Hogan. And I was yeah. like, Hulk Hogan's so cool. His partner's a black dude, and they're equals, and they help each other. what yeah. Which was just like such a smokescreen now that you know the real deal. But like, right, it right. was <laughs> it was so engaging, and so and then I went away from it. And then when I was, uh, I guess Jurassic Park fucking age with Ron, um, (laughs) that's when the attitude era started to come in and, and like the rock and dudes like that. And so I'm like a, basically a, a teenager going out of being a teenager and watching the rock. And it just brought me all the way back in because I realized that the whole time I like the violence and I like the stunts because we're all in the comic books. We're all in the super fighting and shit. But yeah. realistically, when The Rock was like, eh, what's your name, buddy? It doesn't matter. What All of the, his Dude, bits that... were just so fantastic. <laughs> and last things last, my friend was so into The Rock that he would we would be sitting in the room and he'd be, his mom would be cooking something. He'd be like, <sighs> Do you smell those enchiladas, it, my it, mom is cooking, like all this kind of shit. And then his girlfriend would come over sometimes and watch wrestling with us. His girlfriend was a skateboarder, and she was like a super tomboy. He yeah. would do wrestling moves on his girlfriend in front of us for amusement, and she would she loved it. She was like, "Oh yeah, do DDT, me daddy." De- 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 and then they would do it. They would Ooh, do it. Man. It was like his own personal, I mean, like probably sexual thing that we didn't sure. pick on. You know? No judgment. Whatever you're into,
0: man. I mean, as long as everybody's Lance. cool, we're cool. We we started out. Uh, uh, choreographing our own wrestling moves and then moved into doing martial arts stuff, like, uh, later yeah. on. We yeah, we well, did a martial arts thing where guys really thought we were fighting in the in the schoolyard. We actually, they, like, tried to break us up and we're like, oh, this is wow. all." <laughs>
3: yeah, man, I, that, I, I was in middle school and The Rock was happening, and for a while there, every day, at some point, somebody in that school Probably multiple times a day, would say something innocuous like, Hey, um, did Miss Rasa assign any homework? And the person goes, Oh, I don't know. It doesn't matter if Mrs. Rasa assigned homework. <laughs> and it was just the thing. Like, <laughs> God, The Rock's shit talking infected the middle school in a way that kids today can't really understand what The Rock meant to our generation. If you just watch him <laughs> in the movies, you're like, No, no, no. He set the format for shit talking. Which is crucial as a kid
2: yeah, <laughs> to be oh, like, yeah, I want
3: to be the best shit talker. And The Rock was a bad guy that whole time. And he was very, and I'm, again, you go back to, to something like comic books, hard to keep that person a bad guy when he's so fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? How many super villains are there that have had face turns because they were just too cool to be ignored? In one way or another, you know, just, I know, Ed. Loki, you've got, Loki, yeah, Loki's a good example. I was gonna say, Ed has his feelings on the Joker, but, you know, he had his face turn in that fucking movie. They're like, all right, we'll make him a guy with mental <laughs> issues and whatever we'll see
1: but mm, yeah we'll we'll get it over because just like in wrestling there's always somebody willing to fall for that shit you know what I mean? there's, well, there's, there's always somebody to market to you know because yeah. I, mean, like, I remember when the uh the nation of domination came in and i was like this is the closest to what was that what they were booker t and them were called when, no. with Lo and them who's booker t and d and them because they were like the black gang yeah. they were like a black gang that fucked the wrestling up and i was yeah. like yeah i'm rooting so, for these
3: guys no, that's that is the the nation of domination, but Booker T was in WCW at the time, and him and his brother uh, were a tag team called Harlem Heat, despite the yes. fact that they have very noticeable <laughs> Texas accents. Uh, but it's Harlem Heat! Like, Harlem Heat, y'all. Yeah, like, literally, like y'all both sound like Mr. Scarface and the Ghetto Boys. You're not from Harlem. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they were over on WCW. The nation of domination was uh, Farouk, uh formerly known as ron simmons uh who was the first black uh world champion uh in in w c w uh and then you had delo brown uh the world's strongest man legitimately the world's strongest man mark henry uh the godfather who at the time was known uh as uh, uh mustafa uh oh god uh oh god it's not it's not Kamala what the hell kamala mustafa there we go mm-hmm. and uh and then of course, like i said owen hart uh white guy with uh, you know angel curls just like the guy on the toilet tissue and uh <laughs> i remember owen hart and, and then fucking the rock and the rock came in as this you know uh, when he first debuted he was a good guy and they literally called him like this guy's a blue chipper can't lose with this guy and if you uh, look at his everybody first match, hated it. everybody dude, hated he it he got booed like a motherfucker and then he was absolutely swept up in just the okay whatever we're done we don't care about this guy do whatever you want. And that that is sometimes can sink the ship, but in the case of a, a man as creative as Dwayne Johnson, that was like finally you 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 know let me out of the handcuffs and now this bird's gonna fucking fly. And the Rock, the reason he refers because he was originally Rocky Maivia. The reason he refers to himself as the Rock is he was watching Sports Center and he was watching Dion Sanders repeatedly referred to himself as primetime or as deon sanders he only referred to himself in the third person and dwayne johnson's watching that and he goes i hate this i fucking hate this guy and so mm-hmm. he bought himself some versace uh outfits and started calling himself not rocky but the rock that's where that comes from is literally he was watching that's sports hilarious. center and he was like i hate this i want to do this <laughs> so I, I
1: loved it <laughs>
0: deon sanders was super hateable even though he yeah. was like amazing at his job,
3: well, that was a whole era of guys that only you know David Cross, you know, has that whole bit about Ricky Henderson. That was that whole era of of sports stars that just refer to themselves in the third person. They did a they did a Seinfeld episode of the Georges get upset, like that was <laughs> that was in the ether at the time of uh, of that you know thing, and that's that's what Rock got. That was literally just being like. I'm going to do this because I watch this and as a a human being, I hate this. So that's what my character is going to do to piss people off. And it worked for a time. But again, you're just like that dude is too good at his job of being an asshole. I love him, which is the interesting thing about comics and wrestling to some degree is like I said, man, if somebody is just really good at their job of whooping Superman's ass, you're like, he. Did it though? He he, he called the yeah, shot and then he did it.
1: Dude, Lobo was the Lobo was uh probably for a time he was like back when they were really trying to make it be a kind of a rivalry between um Macho Man and Hulk Hogan like a real rivalry rivalry. Mega like, powers and,
3: explode, yeah, yeah.
1: Because they used to be like buddies, right? Then they used to like run around and they were, they and were the mega guys. powers. They were yeah. the
3: mega powers, and then uh, uh Hulk Hogan looked at Macho's wife wrong. Uh, and then they got in a huge fight. You can't be looking
2: at Elizabeth like that, you yeah. piece of shit. I know
3: you're a racist. I'm literally, a He literally said to him, He's like, You had lust in your eyes for Elizabeth. <laughs> and that Elizabeth. was enough. And they sold millions of dollars worth of pay per views off of uh. you looked at my
0: wife weird. <laughs>
1: well, that, well that, so that's one thing that it shares with uh, all the I mean, pop culture stuff it's got, we like.
0: Relatable to regular ass dudes, like, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 yeah, like that's true. Regular ass dudes who are like insecure, yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah they yeah. got their wife because they have a, they own a construction well, company. And, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and, and their wife is like hotter than them, and they kind of look like <laughs> shit. But their next door neighbor also owns some shit, oh, and yeah. he drives a nice car, and he's got a full head of hair and then he looks at his, that dude's wife, and that guy wants to murder him. Yeah,
3: well, and that was, I mean, that was Macho Man's, you know, that was completely in line with that character, and, you know, if you believe what a lot of people have said, the real guy who was actually married to that woman, the most psychotically protective, insecure motherfucker on the planet, where, like, you know, he'd get in real fights uh, with oh. with people. Yeah, supposedly that's, that's why Hulk Hogan got punched in the face, is because his wife, like... You know, it was like, alright, this guy's weirding me out and went over to Hulk Hogan's house and he fucking showed up and they were both plowed and he he's like, Where's Elizabeth? And punched Hulk Hogan in the face, and then Hulk had to be like, No, a jet ski hit me going forty miles per <laughs> hour in the skull. Uh, that makes Dude, more
1: sense. The calculation of his shits, but I I gotta say though, in in wrestling, I, I think as we wind down here, the thing that's interesting that's always gonna be interesting, is the fact that wrestling moves fucking literally work and will fuck <laughs> yeah. your ass up if you get them done because i remember very specifically when i was in uh boy scouts i was in boy scouts we used to go down to the pool there's all this different activities but then we would have some free time to just go to the pool fuck around on the trails do whatever we wanted for a little while before we had to go Lace up some lanyards or whatever the fuck. And so, in between like canoe assholery and the bullshit where we got to go eat later in the mess hall or whatever, <laughs> there was this chunk of time where we just play grab ass all the time. Some people, yeah. literally, no judgment. uh So, like, fucking, we're, we're Boy Scouts and we're doing all this shit. And straight up, this kid has a water balloon. He's my nemesis. I think his name is Jeremy. And Jeremy throws a water balloon on me. And then, from his other hand, magically, in his other hand is a a clod of dirt. Uh-huh. So he, so I'm wet and he throws the dirt on me. Now I'm automatically muddy. And my whole uniform is fucked up. My little Boy Scout shorts. My socks are full of silt. I am so fucking angry. And Jeff Jeremy thinks he's so fast that I can't catch him. So I fucking <laughs> corner him next to a tree and I catch this fucker. We're on a gravel road. I'll never forget it. And I DDT'd him on a gravel road. And then I kicked him in the chest while he was down. And I thought for a moment that he was dead and that my life was over. (laughs) Because that move fucked his shit, dude. You put your arm, you basically headlock somebody there there in front of you. And you kind of headlock them. And then you slam their head into the ground while maintaining the headlock. That's what the DDT is. What's what's the one where
0: you put their head between your leg and then jump on them? Oh, that's a the, pedigree. Uh, that could
1: be a pedigree or a, a, yeah. what, uh, also a tombstone, right? If you live, you have to lift them up, though. Yeah, well, you have to lift them tombstone. up to where their their are in your their face, butt's basically. Right in your face. Yeah, your yeah, yeah, in your face.
0: yeah. Oh I no, see, a, to-
3: I a tomb somebody,
2: a tombstone
3: I is. <laughs> I hate that. Tombstone is you pick the guy up. Vertically, so you're, you know, his crotch is in your face, and then you drop mm-hmm. down to your knees. You're thinking of a pile driver where you pull a pile up driver, he, you
0: sit down. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That one mm-hmm. I saw somebody do that to somebody and hurt them badly. I like, yeah, definitely.
3: That movie, that that movie yeah. that, that move, uh, that was an
0: okay move to do, and that person was fucked up and yeah. crying. <laughs> and bleeding oh, yeah, from yeah, their fucking head. It was yeah. insane, and that was in grass.
3: That, that's a move uh mm. yeah, that's actually paralyzed uh professional wrestlers, people who do it all the time. That's a move yeah. that if you see somebody whipping that out, it's pretty rare even now, like a traditional Jerry the King Lawler pile driver, pretty rare move. Uh if you see it being pulled out, those guys have had a discussion about it, you know, like, okay, mm-hmm. because it is kind of notorious for doing that. Uh I just wanted to say Ed and I, for people listening, We've never talked about this. Uh, I have not shared this with Ed. Uh, I was just sitting here listening to your story because it is nearly beat for beat. Something that happened to me (laughs) at at Boy Scout camp, Camp Thunder uh, in Georgia. I was probably like 12, 13. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, whatever uh we're cool now uh michael i'll just i'll lose his action this is his first name I won't, I won't say the full name uh michael and i had you know we'd been playing grab ass as you said the whole day mm-hmm. and it had escalated as it often does because mm-hmm. children don't know when to stop yes. so we had you know we had gone from like kind of like you know lightly like smacking each other on the back of the head and then that had turned into the thing where like you know, I go behind him and get down and then someone pushes him over my back, <laughs> you know, that kind of shit. And it had escalated. And it escalated to this point where because at Boy Scout camp, we would we have these big canvas tents that everybody slept in. There were two scouts mm-hmm. to a tent.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: because they're made of canvas, they kept two fire buckets that were just old big bean cans right next to the tent. So if the tent mm-hmm. caught on fire, you could sling water on it. So Michael slings if I remember the sequence of events correctly. Michael slings a fire bucket on me. So Mm -hmm. it's now gone from like, you know, we're kind of like bullshitting to like now I'm wet.
2: Mm -hmm. And I
3: turn around and we just start going at it, right? And he's smaller than I am. I was like a real big kid and he manages to get on my back and he's got me in a headlock like this, right? But I'm a lot bigger than him and he doesn't know about the Samoan drop. (laughs) I fucking reach down, grab his leg and he still got me in the headlock but i'm like even though this sucks it's gonna i'm gonna remain in this headlock for what i'm about to do to him where i pulled him basically like onto my shoulder and then as hard as i could just fell backwards onto the center of my back did a straight flat back bump with him on it and and with him on my back and i knocked i knocked the wind out of that kid and he was just like you know that that thing when you're a kid you yep.
2: get win, <laughs> like doing that shit
3: and it was it was over. And then uh That shit's we, scary by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Dude. I mean, I don't feel good about this but I will say that dude got jacked, man. He got so cuz he was like a little, you know, he was like one of the smaller kids. He was, was younger than young me. I swear I think that's the moment. Like if you look at that man now, he is all abs, top from the top to the bottom, just abs. How do you He's have fucking, abs on your forehead? This he is He is fucking. He looks amazing. And and I, you know, obviously we didn't have a problem. You know, after that, we, were, you know, the scout leaders made us like, "Oh, I'm sorry." You know, we could shoot that out of hand, and we buried it, and we've still buried it. This was twenty five years ago, whatever. And <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, yeah, that dude proceeded to get so fucking shredded in high school, I was like, well, I can't ever pull that again. He'll just he just pull my fucking head off. So I'm gonna I'm be just, I'm gonna be sweet as pumpkin pie to Michael P.
1: Yeah, <laughs> two the two things that made me think of is uh number one, the through line between both of our stories is we we're fat people using gravity moves. Yes, gravity what? moves are a big deal to fat people. Like mm-hmm. anything where we're falling or something, yep. the stuff that comes naturally to us, you know, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, yeah, falling, yeah. teetering, slamming. Great, yeah, great shit. yeah, and and the other Mine's thing was moving out of the way of fat people, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> dodging like, fats. Quickly. The Ron and and Swallow story. And, <laughs> and like, and like I, I don't want that guy to get you. So like, this is that. Just, yeah. Uh, thank you for apologizing on our program Love so, you, we Michael. Bear, so we bear no legal responsibility for this no. a jamma that's gonna happen no no so, um, <laughs> so all right as we as we dismount we have a last thing we used to do on on an, an other iteration of our podcast called the royal rumble where we basically are uh, oh. battle royale and basically it's just as you know in the royal rumble it is a battle royale where everybody is against everybody you so know it's tomorrow a- right oh yeah but we is got it? perfect timing the royal
3: rumble is literally tomorrow
1: <laughs> so 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 nice. if you could pick i guess we'll limit it to like four just to make it interesting and shorter but like four participants yeah. in the best bat uh, uh battle royale royal rumble of all time and by yeah. by the rules i think you have to get somebody over the top broken out of the ring correct
2: yeah yeah All right.
1: Yeah. So who so if you were going to pick one from all eras of wrestling, you had four shots to give me the greatest royal rumble slash oh, battle man. royale ever. Man, who I think I, would you pick?:
0: Yeah, and I think well, this so, includes mm. smack talking like yeah. like mm-hmm. the, the the drama yeah. and then the great moves as well. so it's a
3: little bit uh the difficulty is this: the Royal Rumble tends to be because you eliminate, you get eliminated by being thrown over the top rope it's not so much a demonstration of your skill as a wrestler as much as it is just presentation. The Royal Rumble happens mm-hmm. a few months before WrestleMania, very specifically so that if you're a lapsed fan or if you're a new fan, if you watch the Royal Rumble, you're up to date. You're like, oh, I've mm-hmm. just seen everybody. Mm-hmm. And so you have a very limited time. You know, They usually have the thing where somebody will come out and they'll be the Iron Man of the Rumble. They'll come out at number 30 and they'll last till the last, you know, the last couple guys, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Jericho was known for this, Kane, well known for doing this. Um, so if it's specifically a Royal Rumble, it almost has to be more about the presentation. Now, if we were doing a fatal four-way and it was a full-on match that would be decided by, you know, pinfall or submission, then my answer would be slightly different. I would have more athletic guys, more, uh, you know, people who were, uh, you know, physical specimens oh. in terms of their ability so let's do that oh okay
1: well because Ro- i mean yeah because we'll, we'll do we'll ends do, ends we'll ends do ends that and pop. then we'll yeah we'll we'll do that and then we'll do uh four, the four greatest gimmicks of all time cause oh i should contribute okay. to that as well because like it's it's about the presentation part if you don't yeah. have a great gimmick your shit like jesse Rhodes has has an ephemeral gimmick you know yeah. what i mean it, it oh, isn't yeah. just like i'm dr Rhodes, i come out in a robot suit that's not what he does. He does yeah, something yeah. more ephemeral no, he, than that. He, you know what he, mean? Comes,
3: he comes out of the ditch eight years old and became so sweet. Uh, <laughs> son of a plumber. Uh, uh,
1: so yeah. So, so, so man. pick the athletic uh, wrestling motherfuckers and yeah. then give me the top. Give it guys. I
3: mean, you're talking, if you're just talking about like a crazy fucking shit show that anybody on the planet is going to be like, that was fucking dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking Daniel Bryan, who is mm-hmm. not only my favorite at the moment, he is creeping up on my favorite wrestler of all time. He's always been pretty high on my list, but his work just in the last few months, when he he switched over to AEW, uh, fucking phenomenal. And he was always good, but he's been on fire. So it's Daniel Bryan, the mm-hmm. other guy. Because I've seen this personally uh, at uh, PWG, uh, long running promotion here in Los Angeles. Uh, uh, he's now signed for signed to the WWE. And he's criminally underused, but it's Ricochet. Ricochet is a dude who just, he's an acrobat. He is, mm-hmm. you could put that motherfucker in the gymnastics competition of the Olympics and he'd probably win some medals. He's that good. And just just to watch him do his thing, you're like, that's, he's dead. He died. <laughs> you know, and he's fine. <laughs> but he's so good at it. You're like, I watched a man get killed tonight. Uh, <laughs> So I'm putting in Ricochet uh, as far as like, oh man, we're, uh, man, if we're going to go back, I mean, Flair, Flair's kind of the, you know, he's, he's the showman, but he's also the wrestler as opposed to Hogan, who's just the showman, Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. Hogan is the, you know, he's got the big boot, he's got the, you know. Uh, Hogan had like two moves slam. that
1: he barely knew how to do:
3: body slam, big, uh, you know, big boot, body slam, leg drop, and that's that's kind of it with Hogan. He's he's sort of all you know, all sizzle, no steak. Flair could work his ass off, and even though every flare match is the same, it's it's usually pretty fucking good. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah. So now we got Ricochet uh, covering the aerial stuff. Daniel Bryan covering the technical you know wrestling uh we got flair uh with just the you know the big, you know kind of stunning uh it sort of moves and stuff like that and then oh man i'm trying to think of the other who would be the other person that's why these there.
1: that's why these are so difficult dude
3: yeah i'm gonna th- uh, you know what i'm i'm gonna go damn this hmm. <laughs> i'm gonna go i'm gonna go uh uh sasha banks
1: I'm going to throw in... Uh, nice!
3: Yeah, she is, uh, first of she all... She
1: works. I've seen some of her. She, she's in AEW, right?
3: <laughs> uh, no, she's in WWE. And okay. She is... Uh, Sa- Sasha Banks, uh, first of all, for everybody listening, if you've somehow made it this far without being a wrestling fan, Sasha Banks is on The Mandalorian, first of all. She's... Uh,
1: <laughs> she's. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's where I heard of her before. She's she
3: fucking killing it there. Uh, but also, man, you, you look at her, and you're like, that is... That's a superstar. Not even just relegated to wrestling as she's, I mean, she's got Disney money coming in. She's a lock. It's, she's going to be <laughs> fine, but she could retire tomorrow and go to Hollywood the next day. But, uh, yeah. And she's, she's incredible to watch. And, uh, yeah. So throw, throw Sasha Banks in there as well. And I, I give people homework. If you've never seen, uh, Sasha Banks versus Bayley at NXT TakeOver in 2015, that is always the match that I, if if your head, as far as what women's wrestling is, is somehow stuck in, you know, the 90s where it's, you know, Sable with her bra falling off and it's bra and panties matches and it's all this shit. If you want to watch just an incredible wrestling match, not gendered at all, fucking Sasha and Bayley in that, in that one match, I watched that and I was like, I can't believe how good this is. Like, it was just beautiful storytelling. It's everything I love about wrestling in one match so the fact that I know she is capable of that and because I think she'd be the heel in the match of all of those people if you got Mm -hmm. Daniel Bryan, Ric Flair, ricochet biggest baby face ever because he keeps killing himself uh and, and <laughs> sasha banks banks is going to be the big villain and she'd be dominating half the match See, and that, that'd be good so.
1: that'd be good for the storyline too it's like i dominated these men in here blah blah, blah you know oh so. she's
3: badass she's uh literally she's a snoop Dogg's niece in real life uh, so like Snoop Dogg uh, raps and like followed her down to the ring for one of her matches at WrestleMania a couple of years ago. And she got her talk
1: about a put over. Jeez Louise.
3: Well, she much like the rock was inspired by watching sports center. She was inspired because she always loved wrestling. And Snoop Dogg has always been a guy that, you know, he's appeared on WWE TV, you know, pretty much since the early two thousands. So he would always bring her to the shows and she got enamored with it. And she said that she was inspired her character was how everyone treated Snoop Dogg, because everybody calls Snoop Dogg boss. And he was like, oh, whatever you want, boss. Yeah, what are we doing tonight, boss? That kind of thing. And so her character is the legit boss, and she has legit boss on these giant, like, <laughs> diamond <laughs> finger rings that she wears and shit. And that's her whole kind of gimmick, is she's just like, yeah, I'm basically, if Snoop Dogg was a female wrestler, <laughs> like, I'm just that's cool awesome. as fuck, and I'd better pretty much better than everybody she's snoop dogg with a way more of an ego basically so she's oh, nice. she's pre pre-murder was the case snoop dogg i guess
1: <laughs> well dude and, and and as as we round round out all all i want to say is my my top five gimmick my, my, yeah. my top four gimmicks because honestly my list is the correct list for mm-hmm. real okay rick flair's gimmick he could be racist he could be sexist he could be whatever he wants to be his gimmick is one of the best of all fucking time. Just the nature boy and the whoo and all that shit. It's like, that's just really great stuff. It's, yeah. it's really inspiring. He 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 went in front of like championship teams, like the Patriots and the Lakers and shit like that, and did his Ric Flair shit and got people excited to go win real championships and real sports yeah, from him yeah. giving him pep talks. Can't beat that. You motherfucking cannot beat The Rock. I should probably say The Rock no. for the last because The Rock's gimmick again the fucking it's it's more than it's catchphrases plus time plus attitude equals the rock he would say the the smell what the rock is cooking it doesn't matter uh what, what your shit is It it, it the people's at uh, the people's eyebrow the rock wants this the rock wants that it's just he set up people so well to fuck with them so that's a great one i gotta say uh as uh you know what the motherfucking undertaker Had a great gimmick. He had two great gimmicks. He had the one where he came out. He was implacable, unstoppable, unkillable, and just sort of waded through people. And then they kind of decided that was boring. And then he started being the the American badass or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, He would ride. Yeah. (laughs) So the the first time he debuses the American badass, he rolls up in a motorcycle into the arena, up to the stage, jumps off and starts whooping people's fucking ass. That it's just (laughs) great gimmicks all around. And uh, last, is uh coco beware he had a parrot oh, no yes <laughs>
3: frankie frankie <laughs> frankie the parrot
1: <laughs> but no i mean uh maybe he's going not have the greatest gimmick but he was he had a really memorable gimmick when i was a kid i hate to see coco beware because he'd come out he'd be flapping like a bird and shit like that but my my real last pick is the goddamn ultimate warrior the <laughs> ultimate warriors gimmick <laughs> was the best shit of all the- when the seas drank atlantis you were there on the shores <laughs> i pulled you out of the primordial ooze and threw you <laughs> into the sky to make the stars the energy shined down and i was born from the muck the bile that impounds into the dragon's breast has filled me with the fury that is necessary to destroy those for 20 minutes yeah. This dude is fucking crazy, just talking crazy <laughs> nuts. And he could gorilla press people above his head. He could fucking do anything strength wise. He was amazing. And I think all of the people I named are probably pieces of shit in real life. Oh sure,
0: yes. But <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but, well
1: and damn. It's like, I
0: like Rob Van Dam a lot because I know oh. him personally. Yeah. And also watching him, he's like really talented. And his so, gimmick
3: mm-hmm. is he's he's a weed guy. He likes the he likes weed. Yeah.
1: That's yeah <laughs> dude but, but there's so, so so again wrestling is full of so many gimmicks and so many cool things just like comic books so if you guys uh like these these all these worlds give it a shot sit down there with your kid or something let them see some violent sex activity on the screen let them see let them see some nutty company politics let them see some of this shit yeah. and see if they like it you know what i mean uh, yeah, because honestly
0: Shout out to Outlaw Adam Knight. Our, our, mm-hmm. uh, he's on our Patreon. He's a wrestler himself. Uh, and he's inspiring me to go uh, get in shape again. So, uh, shout out to you, man,
1: dude. He's always he, sending he, pictures a from five a.m. at the gym and shit. I'm just like, damn, you, Adam. We're basically the same age, and I am so. If he slammed me, my body would come apart like Legos, Legos <laughs> with Jello all over them. It's just maybe disgusting. rivers, but, and yeah. if you're
0: yeah, if Outlaw, if you're ever in L.A., Rivers uh, and you guys should do some kind of wrestling thing. Cause, uh, yeah, know,
3: yeah. T- tell them to hit us up at uh, D. Brian Kendrick's Wrestling Pro Wrestling.
1: No, oh, fuck yeah. And uh, and while you're doing plugs, plug yourself and your podcast, and uh, we'll be on out of yawn.
3: Yeah, so uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Rivers Langley, and you can check out our podcast. Uh, Ron and Ed have both been guess uh on it it's called the goods from the woods and it comes out uh, every week on all the places that you find the greatest pod and as i mentioned i'm also one of the uh, commentators uh, along with uh our mutual friend eric barnes over at the brian kendrick's wrestling pro wrestling and uh as he pulls up the poster for when the next show is uh, so uh yeah you can you can come see us at uh j l. f x studios in Burbank that's right we're at a damn t v studio now uh yeah, on, yeah february twenty fifth uh those tickets are available on uh twitter at wrestling p w and it is a it's a fun time. I always recommend it to anybody who's uh not even necessarily a wrestling fan you're gonna come for the comedy. And then you're gonna be lured into the wrestling because that's how we play it. We have gigantic uh monsters that fight each other. Uh for instance, my favorite uh wrestler to call a match for is uh the Franken Peanut, who is basically a gigantic uh <laughs> you know, Mr. Peanut uh kaiju monster. Uh but we refer to him as Dr. George Washington Carver's monster. Uh, so, and that, that leaves the door open for me to go from tuskegee alabama the monster of macon county and you know we talk about i have hyper local references because i grew up 15 minutes east of tuskegee <laughs> so i could be like i was at the torch 85 station truck stop eating with the monster and he was loading up on carbs because he knew this was going to be a contest you knew this you know and uh so that kind of thing it's uh you know his vision is as clear as the waters of Shawakla creek you know, that kind of shit. <laughs> real real specific with Tuskegee That's stuff so. hilarious well, yeah, dude, well so. thank
1: you thank you for coming on here and 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 yeah. explaining your love of wrestling and i think you might have won through this show we might have won some fans over to at least give it a chance as an art form and yeah. we love we love Sweet that for me. Yeah, and we'd yeah. love for people to give uh, podcasting a chance as an art form. We'd love to be exemplars in that. So uh, get on our Patreon. Uh, uh, okay. Review us. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, Spotify
3: now has a five star that you can give them.
1: Yeah, we've been telling people to uh, rate and review us on everything possible. So now, that fucking Spotify is possible, jump on there and do that. Why don't you take us on out with your sweet, sweet rendition of our Greatest Pod Dismount, baby.
0: Thank you as always for listening to another episode of The Greatest Pod.